0: All right, Um, this is kind of a a rapid setup uh, episode. Uh, Welcome back to the Hate Speech Zone. Um, And I'll be perfectly honest. When I saw this article, uh, Combating Terrorism Center at West Point, um, a view from the C.T. Fox Hall, Mary McCord, Executive Director, Institute for Constitutional Advocacy and Protection, Georgetown University Law Center. I got to tell you, I can't believe um, how stupid people are or how stupid these people think we are, how stupid these evil people think we are. Uh, they they should count their blessings that most Americans are um, passive to a fault and that they've been able to get away with this fake reality um i've said this many times in the past and i don't think i've ever meant it quite as uh, strongly as i do right now so uh as you can tell from the slide this this uh, episode is dedicated it's a special note to the cartoonish fucks at the ctc west point shame on you west point you derelict cocksuckers okay now you'll see in the slide and I kind of hope you you can view this in a format that presents it large enough that the um, picture of the calculating hag, Mary McCord, uh, this is the woman who reviewed and approved the bogus FISA warrants on Carter Page. Uh, the warrant application and extensions relied on falsified evidence, including Ke- Kevin Kleinsmith's altered CIA email. And the wholly fabricated steel dossier, which was recycled from something Glenn Simpson and his wife Mary Jacoby wrote in 2007 that was directed at um, Bob Dole at the time, who after he passed, of course, Democrats say he was a stand-up guy because he was a fucking pushover. America has no space anymore for these fucking pushover rhino pussies. All right? If you don't think this is Marxism or socialism, you're a fucking imbecile. And uh, uh, maybe I'll put out a video version because I have a number of slides here with the graphic carries quite a bit of weight. So um, I'm going to read from this, that CTC article um, at at West Point. And, And normally I don't like reading directly from things, but... All I can say is, holy shit! You have to 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 believe this article. You must be a special brand of ignorant these days, okay? Um, and I'll read. This is from the article. Mary McCord serves as executive director for the Institute for Constitutional Advocacy and Protection, the ICAP, and visiting professor of law at Georgetown University Law Center. Mary McCord was the Acting Assistant Attorney General for National Security at the U.S. Department of Justice from 2016 to 2017 and Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General for the National Security Division from 2014 to 2016. Previously, McCord was an Assistant Attorney for nearly 20 years at the U.S. Attorney's Office for District of Columbia, which is a fucking con- it's its own country ghetto these days. Among other positions, uh, she served as deputy chief in the appellate division overseeing and arguing hundreds of cases in the U.S. and District of Columbia Courts of Appeals, which is lost. I should do a complete expose on that. D.C. Courts of Appeals are gone. Gone. No legitimate person will trust anything that comes through there because if they get a case, to uh, they get a uh, a case that turns out in an unfavorable way for these Marxist shits, they're just going to run through and appeal it. Okay, and then Mary, of is also chief of the criminal division, and boy, could I go on about that, where she oversaw all criminal prosecutions, including the ones where there were flagrant Brady violations uh, and people were absolutely crushed and destroyed because of these dog fucks. Okay, uh, in the criminal, in federal district court. Okay, now CTC's first question was In the wake of the storming of the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, what is your assessment of the threat posed by extreme far right in the United States? And McCord's answer If anyone were ever inclined to discount the threat of far right extremist violence in the United States, the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol should certainly have changed their views. We witnessed our fellow Americans violently assaulting U.S. Capitol Police, forcibly entering and overrunning the Capitol Now let's review. We saw people fighting to get in. We know there were FBI plans, but I've seen hours of footage of Capitol Police officers high-fiving and and taking photos with people of them holding open the doors and escorting people in, and then... Informing them of their rule of conduct that they must uh, adhere to while spending their time walking through the Capitol. Okay, so there's two different stories here Is it the ones we can see, or the kinds of things that these bullshit artists um, want to tell us happen. They're, they're not real. Uh, what, what do we have here for the authors? Audrey Alexander and Christina Hummel. Okay, great job. Okay, so let's continue. Um because this is infuriating. if you 're not pissed off about this and you don't know what i 'm talking about and you don't agree with me, you 're just uninformed or malinformed. I know some people they can't handle the, the, the punch to the brain that the, they, they will never accept that their people in charge, people running the government, could ever do this. and that, that is our undoing right now. That is our undoing is that people aren't willing to entertain reality. They just cannot accept it, okay? So uh, after forcibly entering and overrunning the Capitol building and attempting to kidnap elected officials and prevent the certification of the Electoral College vote, okay, we'll never get all of the evidence that's out there. And if you go back and listen to a few of uh, previous episodes, you'll realize that, the Democrats will only present and the media will only cover, will only ramble on about the evidence that they fabricate. And this this hag, Mary McCord, is the queen of fabrications. And I can prove it. So what they... What, uh, McCord continues on by saying, they succeeded in delaying the counting for several hours. Well, no shit. 2,000 mules, bitch. Wait... You've got to watch that. You've got to watch that. Although it was shocking to witness because of the sheer number of people willing to use violence to overthrow the overthrow government, correction, those people were there. They were frag They were tear-gassed. Those people that were there knew what you did before this. The government was already overthrown, and it was by people you were working with. Okay, back to McCord and her bullshit. It was not surprising that extremists extremists led the charge. This is something that is building up for some time now. Yeah, These are the people paying attention, you fucking imbecile. The former president sowed the seeds for this even before the election as he claimed that mail-in ballots were particularly susceptible to fraud, and the only way he could lose... Uh, where if the election was rigged, election were rigged, okay. He doubled down, no, I didn't misread that, that's how they put it in. He doubled down after the election, refusing to concede and actively spreading disinformation about election fraud, yeah, disinformation. Okay, for which there was no credible evidence in court, yeah, in court, yeah, okay, we have, Video evidence of people carrying dozens of ballots to various boxes, traveling through six counties to deliver them. Those 2,000 mules deposited 400,000 ballots in the middle of the night, between 1 and 3 a.m. typically. They visited at least five different NGOs. We know there were SNS ballot printing machines in county offices that didn't belong there, printing ballots. There's 5,000 affidavits right now signed by people who witnessed and wrote down what they observed against election, you know, laws. So he doubled down after the election, refusing to concede. Okay, well, yeah, okay. Don't forget there's geo-tracking that confirms that those people weren't there tying their shoes at those ballot drop boxes that weren't properly secured, monitored, he, being Trump, bought into the Stop the steel rhetoric and propagated it, adding a veneer of credibility because of his position of power and influence. Well, yeah, after 2016 and what you did from 2016 to 2020, there's a valid reason why we hate you. A false narrative. No, you committed treason, engaged in seditious conspiracy, even the even the people who just couldn't handle it, the misprision of treason people who just knew what happened but didn't actively further or promote it, turns the blind eye, which would be the entire FBI who didn't actively have a role, the clock-punching cowards who know what their superiors did, This is, this is infuriating. You'll probably hear me say that a few times. The false narrative gave the extremists, the people who were paying attention, a cause that he urged them to fight for. Well, yeah, it's um, yeah treason uh, that went unanswered. You've got to read the Senate report. I'll do another episode on that. Trump gave them a cause to fight for, explicitly calling them to never concede and fight like hell. We were worried that before January 6th that Trump's most extreme supporters would literally take him literally, and they did. Well, let's go over a little bit about, um, let's go over Mary McCord just a little bit more. Who is Mary McCord's husband? Well, he is Sheldon Snook, who just happened to be, at the time, hap at, just happened to be Chief Justice John's Roberts, public slash news media special liaison when the Russia hoax was executed. Okay, If you don't believe in the Russia hoax at this point, there's no helping you. Now, acting assistant attorney general of the National Security Division, who is Mary McCord, right? Well, let's see now. Mary McCord was appointed principal deputy assistant attorney general of the National Security Division, the NSD, uh, the U.S. Department of Justice, October 21st, 2014. Took over acting as an assistant attorney general uh, on October 15th, 2016. She graduated from Georgetown University Law School, began to uh, serve as a law court clerk for uh, Judge Thomas Hogan of uh, U.S. District Court for District Columbia. Again, gone, gone. Forget about it. D.C. is its own country. And it is anti-American. Okay, Mary worked at D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, D.C. for twenty years in pellet, uh, arguing cases. She held a position for more than five years and worked her way up into the criminal division, which is key to a bunch of other things. Um, she was in charge of four hundred employees. Um, e- yeah, you know. She replaced John Carlin, and um, I, I don't even know where to go with this because there's so many tangents, okay but I'd like to there's what's really important is to know that these people like NPR NPR there's a, there's an article out there. they did interv- they interviewed her. But you have to realize that Mary McCord was a key component in the Russia hoax in the FISA. And then, she represented. She was was Amicus Curiae. She represented Kevin Kleinsmith after he got, and he was found guilty of falsifying evidence. Could you imagine being Carter Page? Carter Page could be. We could have. He could have been any of us. You. He actually. He was a naval intelligence officer, and he worked in Russia. He was. He worked in the energy industry, as I recall, and he was. He was helping, assisting the CIA. He was assisting the United States government on his own, freely, provided them with information that led to the uh, uh, arrest of particular oligarchs. And then they threw him under the fucking bus. A hag like this, she worked on this team, that threw him under the bus. They went after him. Kevin Kleinsmith altered that email that said that he was not helping the CIA but he was he was and it went on and as you you may know may recall when you are given when when you're granted a FISA warrant you have to reapply every 90 days with new evidence that the warrant was it, it, it yielded it produced fruit it that you found more, some form of new criminal activity. They never found it. And that warrant was extended three times. After 90 days, you have to have it renewed. Somehow they got that, they got that done. But where I was going with NPR, and it's really important because once you get somebody in the media cycle that seems to be believable, they just keep reusing and repurposing that useful liar. In uh, 2020, October 2020, October 10th, NPR, uh, Michael Martin interviewed uh, Mary McCord and had on CIA analyst Cindy Otis. They asked McCord about private militias and how white extremist groups use social media to recruit and amplify their message. No, actually the FBI let Black Lives Matter and Antifa terrorize the whole country for a fucking summer. And here's the beauty of this. What's the article called? the legality of private militias. And with this gun push bullshit, the gun grab bullshit they're going to push, yeah, I don't think so. When suddenly a beef between a repeat felon, criminal, drug addict, um, dying, George Floyd, becomes, hey, let's take on America and make them the victims. What the fuck happened with that? How did, how did, how did we, how are we the perpetrators of anything? Or, I go back to Proverbs on this, and yeah, I'm the worst Christian you'll ever meet, probably. But there's wisdom in Scripture. Uh, these people, these people capitalized by, have you killed and have you inherited? But in Proverbs, it tells us, it tells us, tells us The wisdom, hey, um, don't hook up with evil criminal people who will lie in wait, uh, lurking, and will draw innocent blood. Uh, That would be the American people. We had nothing to do with George Floyd. But they decided, well, you know, the FBI will just look the other way because they're assholes and cowards. Look the other way, so instead of, you know... they threw the people a bone and let them riot. Let them riot, unanswered, unchecked, all summer. Over 700 violent riots by BLM and Antifa. Did they investigate any of that? <laughs> no, why would they? So here she is on NPR talking about people responding, what they think is uh, inappropriate response, disproportionate response. No. After doing what she did, she's got the but look at her picture she probably has balls okay uh to go on this so i'm going to read part of this uh transcript from the michael martin npr interview the he was the host we're going to turn now to this week's shocking news about an alleged plot to kidnap michigan's governor gretchen whitmer oh boy oh boy this didn't age well on thursday the FBI announced that 13 men with ties to armed government it, armed anti-government groups in state are now facing charges related to that alleged conspiracy, which also included plans to attack the Michigan State Capitol. Actually, they started with a plan to sit in the Michigan State Capitol, and that half of those men tied to armed anti-government groups were actually working for or informing the FBI. And those were the people that ramped it up from sitting in state capitol to snatching that, ha- that other hag, Gretchen Whitmer. According to the FBI affidavit. yeah, we all trust FBI affidavits now. Which one was it? The first, the second rewrite, the edited, the fifth, the fourth, the 16th? Much of the plot was foreshadowed or advanced via social media and other online platforms. Um, and these developments come at a time when armed individuals and groups have once again become part of a, a visible part of public demonstrations so we wanted to answer some of the questions people might have about these kinds of groups uh including whether or not they're legal in the first place and how exactly they're using the internet to help spread their message and recruit yeah um those people uh uh, people on the right of course they're all going to be far right extremists um yeah they're stopped real quick um but let's just let's go over things here because um there's really uh, a horrible imbalance of reality here. And I've said it many times before, and I cannot, I don't think it could be said enough that if you really thought there were organized, influential, powerful, right-wing militias or white supremacy or white nationalist groups, where the fuck were they when Hundreds of towns, perhaps thousands of cities and towns across the U.S., had their police stand down right when BLM and Antifa came to town. The town where I live, spend most of my days, um, was attacked by them two nights in a row. The police said they were not going to show up. So, and at that point, You've heard me say it before. If you've been following for any period of time, that I instantly said, "Oh boy, here we go. We're going to have an issue because if BLM comes to town, and what this douchebag FBI director Christopher Ray, if he says is true about there being, um, about them tracking these groups, and if they have any influence, um, they're going to take on BLM and Antifa." They're not going to let it happen, right? Because they know the, the referee is gone from the game. The police aren't there. It never happened. And I really think it was to, they did that to try to lure it out. And what did it prove? That there really is no organized white supremacy group that has any kind of power in the country. That was the litmus test. That was the ultimate test of this of that theory, of that lie that white nationalists are the biggest problem because we would have seen it. They were waiting to collect collect and capture that footage of these these poor uh, peaceful protesters being attacked. It never happened or we would be hearing about it still. So should we go on about Mary McCord? Yes, I believe so. Uh, Just as a reminder... McCord was the senior intelligence officer who accompanied Sally Yates to the White House in 2017 to confront uh, who was then the uh, Don McGahn, who was the White House counsel, about the issues issues that they thought they had with National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, General Flynn, uh, and the drummed-up controversy uh, about... Uh, uh, the phone call with Ambassador Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak. Now, as you'll recall, they went after, Trump, uh, they went after Trump's uh, national security advisor, General Flynn, because they said, and they were trying him for uh, talking about sanctions. Sanctions never came up. And it's so insane that people were going to follow along and keep listening to these journalist hacks who claimed that they were talking about sanctions. They were talking about the expulsions they have, you know, um, but what they were trying him for never took place. And again, it's the whole lying about evidence, lying about evidence. And that's going to come up a lot. It's going to come up a lot. In fact, the, the judge who was going after Flynn, Judge Emmett G, I specialize in taking down Republicans, Sullivan, uh, shiftless piece of crap, um, is another example why we, by these people, the cabal should be really thankful that we're passive to a fault because that's not uh, Judge Emmett Sullivan's first rodeo. Uh, In his own words, after he allowed um, the Washington, D.C. swamp, Obama-type era people, the Robert Mueller, Andrew Weissman friend, Matthew Friedrich, take down Senator Ted Stevens of Alaska, um, using you know, the Brady violations and oh, you, you just the list goes on of what they did wrong, and here's 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 what Judge Sullivan said: as a result of numerous egregious violations committed by the experienced prosecutors in this case, Senator Stevens' conviction was eventually dismissed. After he died, of course, in a plane crash, a oh, bizarre, his terrain. War, uh was a train alert warning system was not working in the plaintiff's end, Um, the senator's conviction was eventually dismissed. Ordering an investigation into the misconduct, U.S. District Judge, Court Judge Emmett G. Sullivan explained, here's what he said, the government's ill-gotten verdict in the case not only cost that public official his bid for re-election, the results of that election tipped the balance of power in the United States Senate. Oh, boy. The investigation, however, cannot, however, undo the damage to his reputation and legacy. Now, you would think as a judge, when you found that you've been lied to by the government for things that, uh, withholding exculpatory uh, evidence, plea, uh, deals made with witnesses, tampering, lying, falsification, all kinds of sorts of things, you think he'd be pissed. But no, not... This guy, not when you take down somebody and you shift that balance of power in the Senate. That's a victory. So uh, there are actually articles out there, really good ones, about the Stephen Six, they called him. Zachary Roth did one. I don't know who this douchebag is, uh, for Talking Points Memo. And here's how they can even turn what they've done wrong into more wrong by blaming the wrong people. Um, April 9, 2009, in TPM. Zachary Ross said, perhaps the case is a good reminder then that for Attorney General Eric Holder. Fixing that politicization won't in itself fix all the problems of the Bush Justice Department. No, it's the fucking cabal. It's just in 2009, we did not realize the strength, the power, and the reach of the cabal at that point. Same thing can be said about Fayetteville. Same thing can be said about a lot of things. We were not scrutinizing these jerk, jerk-offs uh, well enough back then so if you're a judge and you find out you've been lied to you think you would do something about it but no because what Sullivan did was made sure nobody got in trouble and then even the little local guys uh, I think it was Bottini and Gottke they ended up uh, Bottini and uh, J- Joe Bottini and James Gokey they ended up getting their back pay and everything and they getting the record expunged by some sort of administrative court that decided that they were they were victimized. So nobody is punished. In fact, you reward your friend by letting them do an investigation that bears no fruit, right? They get paid for this. And, and then they come up with suggestions to keep this. Well, he did it again to Sullivan, uh, to, to Flynn. Sullivan attacked Flynn. Remember, he was the judge that said uh, General Flynn is a traitor to his country. Uh, they had It was the same thing. Same damn thing. The prosecutors lied. The prosecutors made things up, and then this douchebag, Emmett Sullivan, gets on TV because that's what it's about. It's a court of public opinion, and uh, yeah. So there are a number of people. In fact, probably the most decent person on the, in the, uh, Stephen Six was uh, a young trial attorney, Nicholas Marsh. He killed himself when the news coverage started to get a little bit thick about what went wrong with the. Senator Stevens' trial. Yep. Uh, and he was working on the case. And then, of course, uh, the D.C., the swamp put its people in. Days before the trial started, they realigned the prosecution team. So a lot of these people, and there were, there were people who were objecting to the decision to put Brenda Morris in charge just days before the trial started. So the, maybe I'm, I'm going a little bit windy on this here. Because originally this was supposed to be about West Point, but I guess the point to all of this is that when these people get away with one thing, with one damaging blow, it isn't. It doesn't stop there. They go on and on, and there's family involved. Matthew Friedrich was the guy behind. Stevens, he was the guy behind Enron, he was the guy behind Arthur Anderson and the Merrill Lynch attacks. And then he went into those industries and held key positions making six figures. So it's just it doesn't get it at this. But shame on you, West Point. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Combating terrorism center. You guys gotta get something right at some point. We haven't been wrong yet. The only way we've been wrong is we underestimated their evil. I don't know. And on that note, I better end it here. I thought maybe I will do a video version. But anyways, take care, everyone. God bless.